Welcome, everyone. My name is Brandi Coey. I serve on the worship team and share the role of impact coordinator for our wonderful volunteers. Today is day 16 of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I encourage you in your prayer time to believe outside the box. If every prayer that you prayed during this fast was answered at the end of it, what would your prayers sound like? Pray those bold prayers. All of the subjects that we're discussing are based off of deepening our relationship with Jesus and living a fully devoted life with Him. Today, I will be discussing what it looks like to go all in. Going all in means fully surrendering to God. So what is surrender and how do we do it? The dictionary definition is this, to give oneself up to the power of another, to relinquish or submit to another. Now I will add to that definition. Surrender is the act of moving more toward God and less toward the world. Surrender isn't something that typically happens overnight. It has taken me years to get where I am, and the process will continue until I meet Jesus. I will briefly share with you my story in the hope that it speaks to your heart and helps you in your journey. I lost my dad to suicide when I was a kid and was raised in a single-parent home. Alcoholism was a big part of my life for over three decades. I grew up in the center of it and in later years fell victim to it myself. I contemplated suicide countless times and attempted when I was 26. I remember one doctor in particular during my hospitalization who told me I should have died. I drove completely intoxicated so many times. When I look back, I know now that it was God who kept me from killing myself or someone else. I was lost and broken, but that was normal life for me. It's what I knew. I was the very definition of promiscuity, and I know now that all I wanted was to be accepted and loved. I was codependent, and I didn't know how to be alone, yet I didn't know what it meant to truly love someone. I had many walls built up around me to keep myself, quote-unquote, protected from getting hurt. I married and divorced several times. I was unfaithful, and that became a pattern. It was almost as if I had two lives and could just jump back and forth between the two. Lying and keeping secrets day to day was the norm for me. I didn't become a believer until I was in my 30s. Even after I accepted Christ and was baptized, I continued to sin over and over and over again. In fact, some of my biggest failures and cycles of sin happened after I was saved and accepted Jesus into my heart. I felt so much guilt and shame for the way I was living. After my last divorce, I was told by leaders at my former church that I would never be allowed to marry again, and I believed them. That time in my life was tough. I felt so alone, even though I had started attending a new church, but I didn't feel connected there. Something was missing. Over the course of a couple months, I was invited to Passionate Life Church by three different people. So I went, and I knew in my heart right away that I had found my home. I was right where God wanted me to be. I was loved, accepted, valued. I then committed my life to Jesus, and I mean really committed this time. And here's what God spoke to me as I started to spend more time with Him. A sin is a sin is a sin. There is no sin great enough that can't be forgiven. Jesus died for all of them, not just the not-so-bad ones or the ones we continue to make daily even though we know not to. 
You see, God wants us to have joy in our lives. So I got on my knees, repented, and asked for forgiveness, and I was forgiven. I had been redeemed. I no longer walk in shame or guilt from my past mistakes. How can I when I know that, as Roman 8.28 states, He works all things for good for those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. I'm now married to someone I truly love unconditionally for the first time ever. It's that agape love, the way God loves us. God takes what is seemingly ruined and broken and turns it into something beautiful. He did that for me, and He will do the same for you. Much like Pastor Andrew, I seek a word from God at the beginning of every year and try to embrace it throughout the year. My word for myself for 2021 was surrender, and in my busyness, I'd actually forgotten that until I recently read back in my journal. And here I am today talking about how to surrender. That's how God works. There are five key things that I hope will guide you in going all in for God. Number one is trust. Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust God all the time, even in the midst of trial and pain. Trust that He is doing something in you. The Lord is preparing you for His kingdom work. He is building your testimony so that you can use it to help others on their journeys. No matter what's going on in your life, He desires good for you. He desires for you to trust Him with everything. Psalm 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. I used to have a lot of anxiety. It was debilitating and consumed me daily. I couldn't sleep without sleeping pills, and I had this awful pit of worry in my stomach all the time. I'm a different person today because I do my best to trust Him every day with all things. Worldliness breeds anxiety, but moving toward God heals it. As it is written in 1 John 4, 4, For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Let that sink in. All right, number two, grace. I think that grace and forgiveness go hand in hand. It's been a struggle at times for me through the years to show grace and to forgive others. And the very hardest person to forgive and to give grace to has been myself. We mess up daily, but God continues to give us grace and continues to forgive us. How awesome is that? And listen, the only person that holding offense towards others is hurting is you, and it keeps you from seeing your own character flaws. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I love this verse because it reminds me that God rejoices when we are humble enough to admit when we're wrong and when we apologize to others. Number three, obedience. My friend, Chuck Stecker, preached a word on this that I have not forgotten. He asked the congregation, Are you demanding God be more faithful to you before you will become more obedient to Him? I pondered that question, and my answer was, Yeah, I probably am. I felt convicted because here I am expecting great things from God when I'm not spending enough time with Him. I'm not reading His Word. 
I'm not following his commandments the way I know that I could be. As pastor pointed out in day one's devotional, we all go through times of spiritual famine, and that's why it's so important to keep reading God's word and stay connected to fellow believers. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And Isaiah 1, 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Peter in Acts says we must obey God rather than men. Obedience to God is easier when you feast on his word because you are reminded of it daily. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus says it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So how do we know what those words are if we don't read them, if we don't live them? And I'm preaching this to myself more than anyone else right now. Number four, patience. This one is huge for me. I'm the most impatient person I know, and I know my husband would likely tell you the same thing, but I'm working on it. And with surrender comes patience. When I set my mind to something, I want it now. God doesn't always work that way. His timing is perfect and we can't rush him. So more than anything else, have patience with yourself in this process of going all in. Think about where you were in your walk with Jesus one year ago. Have you grown? Okay, so be proud of that. Keep going and be patient with the process. Maybe you haven't grown. Well. That's okay, too, because it's never, ever too late to start. When you fall, get back up. As I looked back in my journal, I realized that I'm just now seeing prayers answered from two to three years ago, some longer, and some aren't even answered yet. Don't give up. Romans 12.12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Number five, and this is the last one of my points, Face fear. We don't grow in surrendering to God without facing our fears. I was afraid to go to nursing school for more than a decade. I didn't think I was smart enough to do well in my prerequisite classes, namely statistics and chemistry, to be able to apply to nursing school and have any chance of getting in. After my second divorce, I knew that I couldn't support myself financially on what I was making, and that forced me to go. I ended up getting accepted into a very competitive program, all God. He was really looking out for me. I graduated at age 39 with a cumulative 4.0 GPA. That accomplishment changed my life. I was told by those closest to me that I wasn't smart enough to make it through, and I truly didn't think I was. But those words that I believed were from worldly people, not godly people. Again, moving less towards the world and more toward God is essential. God sustained me through it all. 1 John 4.18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. God loves us perfectly. Therefore, we have nothing to fear. Another fear I had to face was singing. Let me tell you that drunken karaoke is much, much different than sober singing to God. Funny, but not funny. I love worship. It's when I feel closest to Jesus, and I never, ever thought I'd be able to honor God through singing on a worship team at church. I had to learn, and I'm still learning, to surrender to God during song, because when I can feel His Spirit and others feel His Spirit through me, 
It is so freeing and awesome to be in His presence that way. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. 2 Timothy 1.7 God gave you gifts to use to bring others to Him. So let me ask you, what fear is holding you back from surrendering more to Jesus? Has He called you to something that you keep putting off because you're afraid? Maybe He wants you to pray with someone. Maybe you fear persecution for openly sharing your testimony. Whatever it is, know this. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's my favorite verse. So don't fear failure. Fear not trying. God's got you. If he put a desire in your heart, he will see you through it. Let's pray. Father, we know you want us to go all in for you. You don't want us to be lukewarm Christians, and we don't want to be. Help us, Lord. Guide us when we sit in your presence and submit to your ways, for your ways are much greater than ours. We know that surrender is a daily occurrence, and we will strive to surrender our lives to you, Lord. We thank you so much for your patience and grace, for your forgiveness daily. We love you with our whole hearts and just want to please you. In Jesus' name, amen. One last thing. I want to challenge you to attend a life group if you haven't already. As co-leader of our women's group, Beautiful, for over two years, I have to say that that group, the fellowship, those women changed me. You can't heal and grow by yourself. You need community. You need to be around other believers who will support and listen to you without judgment, who will pray for you. It made all the difference in the world for me when I was so broken. It's what God wants for us. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. Thank you for being a part of this house and investing your lives in faith with us. We love you, church.